0: This podcast was recorded at Hartford Street Zen Center, East Sanji, in San Francisco. Please help support our temple by making a donation at hszc.org. Good morning. Short ceremony commemorating Buddha's death, and um, fortunately for us, uh, Buddha is uh, of course still teaching the, um, the uh, scenario where he. Yielded his uh, physical body uh, was was for our benefit, and uh, some some people really like to emphasize uh, how, in that way, Buddha was just like us, and of course that's true. But then sometimes, with that emphasis, we lose sight of the fact that uh, there's another way that Buddha is just like us, and uh, that that's um, referred to by um, one of Buddha's disciples, uh, Anuruddha, who, uh, after Buddha dies, he. Uh, He says a little poem and um, he refers to Buddha as uh, having passed away with mind unshaken, he says. I guess um, it might be a little difficult to accept that our minds also are unshaken. And that doesn't refer necessarily to the um, what we call it what we take for the surface of our body-mind's activity. But there is an important truth in saying that as you are, or as we are now, your mind is unshaken. And um, When we do our, our formal practice of Sazen, we, uh, we simply manifest that Without, you know, as Dogen says, without um, applying all kinds of standards and judgments. Uh, Today, my mind is unshaken, but yesterday it wasn't. And maybe it won't be tomorrow either. This sort of thing is uh, unnecessary and misleading. So when Dogen says, uh, "You know, uh, set aside all involvements and cease all affairs," it's a kind of meditation instruction, of course. But he's also saying, "Allow your mind unshaken to manifest." Is happening now. Um, even as the, the uh, flow of what we take for our individual existence continues, mind is fundamentally unshaken. So now, as I, I sit here, um, I um, I wasn't feeling that great this morning, and uh, it's, it's tempting, you know, to um, how do I say to uh, stick to that. because of the long-established habit of thinking that there's someone here who doesn't feel well. Maybe that person will feel better in a little while, or maybe that person will feel worse. Or maybe that person will be dead soon. This is, you know, this is like a, uh, a rolling cloud bank, you know, constantly tumbling and forming and passing away and forming again. Midst of all that seeming activity, Buddha's teaching is there is mind that is completely unshaken. think you uh, you know you can't see that and then maybe it won't make much sense to you if I say that very I can't see that is unshaken that uh, says in the book of serenity how could that not be you one moment and then the next and then the next and then the next and that is all you are So, Anuruddha says um, in uh, in deep peace and with mind unshaken, the Blessed One passed away and uh, is is, uh, free of all pain. There was quite a bit of emphasis in those days. arriving at the end of suffering, and having that be it. As time went on, and further uh, depths of the teaching, were revealed. It began to seem like, maybe that's not it. Maybe Buddha's true disciples vow to come back again and again and again, as long as there are any beings impelled by greed, hatred, and confusion who don't know that mind is fundamentally unshaken. commemorate the Blessed One's passing At the same time, with our mind unshaken, Buddha's work continues through all of us. uh, The Vajrayanists, of course, maybe elaborate on that a little bit more Knit. Well, we don't know where Buddha went exactly, but he or, or she is still there, emanating. The uh, lion's roar of the teaching is still audible. And in just a couple of months, we'll. Uh, celebrate Buddha's birthday and uh, welcome his or her return. Appreciate your unshaken mind. not let the rise and fall of the waves confuse you. Maybe uh, not explaining it so well. Uh, Sorry. But uh, the more we try to explain, the more convoluted it gets. So I, I too, I need to return to my my seat. And be reminded of an unshaken mind. And be reminded that. This person is no more substantial than the play of light on water. that teaching in Buddha's passing. In the um well, there's a um, so-called there's a Mahayana Parinirvana Sutra. There's also a Theravada Parinirvana Sutta. The Mahayana one, uh, Buddha admonishes his disciples who are gathered around. He says He says, Hush now. Be quiet and do not speak. I am about to cross over. He doesn't say, <clears throat> to where, but he asks for silence so that his disciples would not be puzzled confused by his passing away and would continue to appreciate their unshaken mind. See? (laughs) <laughs> I guess I'm stuck here for a while. <laughs> so we're we're gonna have our our little ceremony and I um, don't wanna keep you too long. But maybe um, you have some questions. And all those. Oh, I was going to say, look at all those unshaken minds. But please go ahead.
1: Um, when we return to our seat, it. it It seems, and this may be a mistake, that it's relatively more, it's easier to sort of access, if you will, this unshakable mind. It may be a mistake to think like that because converse is when we go out in the world, and it's all swirling around us, we think, oh my god, where's my unshakable mind? I can't find it. It just, just Things are bombarding this so-called me. So, any tips on how to negotiate? <laughs> well, you've
0: know, you probably uh, heard this before, but if if you go hunting for your unshaken mind, you'll feel like you're just shaken up. So the the hunting is itself unshaken. So if we go, you know, if we say, oh, you know, here I am in this uh, Noisy and maybe maybe difficult situation. If I, if I say, "Oh, where's my unshaken mind?" If I don't see that that very question is the unshaken mind, then we might get confused. So that's why I, I was saying, "Mind is unshaken." already. And that's how we sit. And the more we sit tends to be that the more you see, you sense there's a continuity there. So that even in very agitated circumstances, unlike this, mind can be manifest its unshaken nature. Basically, you know, this is what what Dogen says. Don't don't go hunting for it.
1: Occurred to me while you were speaking that, uh, although I, I, I don't know altogether much about unshakable mind, uh, it does occur to me that uh, over the course of practice over these twenty years or so, uh, uh, just there's something about the postural part of our practice that uh, makes me a little less given to shakiness, uh, and uh, at times in my life when uh, things have been rather stressful. It seems to come to my aid, almost mm. automatically, just as sort of a postural awareness uh, that when I'm in that zone, uh, I'm a little less given to uh, being shaken up.
0: Well, that that posture manifests the unshakenness of mind. It's not that when you adopt that posture, your mind becomes unshaken. It can look that way. But the reason Sazen is so powerful is that it manifests what is already so. The mind is already unshaken. So yeah, in a way you're right, but Sazen, uh, in its true sense, manifests what is already so. Would I be misunderstanding you in hearing that the reason the mind is unshaken is because it's outside of us and something that we receive, and it's more perception that shakes? Well, I wouldn't say that uh, it's outside of us, maybe I didn't understand you quite right. Like a radio signal we receive? Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't put it that way. Um, it is what's most fundamental, and the what looks like all the fluctuations somehow less fundamental. The base that
1: what we see and experience in our mundane life is built on. Hmm.
0: Well, again, it can look that way. But there's nothing about our minds now that does not manifest its unshaken nature. Let me put it that way. Whether we're feeling like, oh, my mind's real agitated, or, oh, no, my mind's real calm, this all manifests the nature of mind. And just to be clear, I'm not saying, oh, my mind is unshaken and your your guys' minds are not, you're you're all messed up. I'm not saying that at all. Quite the contrary. Our minds are unshaken. Because it's
1: propagated in all states at once, and so there's no room for movement?
0: A little afraid of like frustrating you now which I don't want to do <laughs> but um, and maybe the most useful would be to say okay let's all appreciate our unshaken mind for a moment now passes away. Maybe to end, I'll just, uh, every year I try to remind myself, get a copy of the Mahayana Nirvana Sutra, but I never get around to it. So I have the Theravada Nibbana Sutta here, and this is um, just the last couple of paragraphs. Then the Blessed One addressed the monks, saying, "It may be, monks, that some monk has doubts or uncertainty about the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, or about the path or the practice." Ask, monks, do not afterwards feel remorse, thinking, Oh, the teacher was there before us, and we failed to ask the Blessed One face to face. At these words, the monks were silent. The Lord repeated his words a second and a third time, and still the monks were silent. Then the Lord said, Perhaps, monks, you do not ask out of respect for the teacher, Then monks let one friend tell it to another, but still they were silent. And the Venerable Ananda said, It is wonderful, Blessed One, it is marvelous. I clearly perceive that in this assembly there is not one monk who has doubts or uncertainty. The Blessed One said, You, Ananda, speak from faith, but the Tathagata knows that in this assembly there is not one monk who has doubts or uncertainty about the Buddha, the Dhamma, or the Sangha, or about the path or the practice. Ananda, the least one of these 500 monastics, is a stream winner, incapable of falling into states of woe, certain of nirvana. Then the Lord said to the monks, Now, monks, I declare to you, All conditioned things are of the nature to decay. Strive on tirelessly. These were the Tathagata's last words. Then the Lord entered the first jhana, and leaving that, entered the second, the third, the fourth jhana. Then leaving the fourth jhana, he entered the sphere of infinite space, then the sphere of infinite consciousness, then the sphere of no-thingness, then the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception, and leaving that he attained cessation. Then the Venerable Ananda said to the Venerable Anuruddha, Venerable Anuruddha, the Lord has passed away. No, friend Ananda, the Blessed One has not passed away. He has attained cessation. Then the Blessed One, leaving the attainment of cessation, entered the sphere of neither perception nor non perception. From that, he entered the sphere of nothingness, the sphere of infinite consciousness, the sphere of infinite space. From the sphere of infinite space, he entered the fourth jhana, then the third, then the second, then the first, and then leaving the first, he ascended to the second, the third, the fourth, and passed away. Thank you very much.